welcome to Blue Wire. After you finish listening to this awesome Blue Wire podcast, make sure you check out the other pods in our Blue Wire family. Okay, I know, you're probably wondering, how do I do that? Well, it's simple. Go to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and search Blue Wire. Ta-da! They will all be there, so have fun listening. You guys, we made it. The 2019 NFL Draft is next week, and we are going to talk about the 2019 NFL Draft next week. Today's dedicated to the schedule release of the 2019 NFL schedule release this past week. Welcome to Fin It to Win It, where we are going to talk about the Dolphins' schedule, some of the ramifications of the teams that they're playing, when we're playing them. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, avid Dolphins fan, also managing editor of the USA Today's Dolphins Wire website, where we really try and take a comprehensive approach to all things about the Dolphins. And the schedule was something that when it came up this week, I knew I wanted to talk about here on the show because there's been so much discussion and debate regarding the merits of the Dolphins season and what is it going to look like and the schedule really is the first kind of hurdle to clear before we get a full understanding of where this team could potentially go or not go specifically uh, up or down draft orders for 2020. Uh, but we need to see first before we make any like predictions on the games or, or what the end results are, we need to see what the Dolphins do next week in the 2019 NFL draft. So, We're not doing schedule predictions or record predictions. Uh, We're just looking at the schedule, the dynamics of this schedule, the homes and aways, the primetime game that they, for the NFL, for some reason decided that they wanted to give the Dolphins this year. And uh, I guess the first, we'll go month by month, okay? We'll, We'll talk about the Dolphins' September schedule first. It is not forgiving. They play four very difficult teams. They open at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, The Ravens have historically owned the Dolphins, but I think this will be a good litmus test for Brian Flores' Miami Dolphins because they've made it their mission. They've they've openly stated, we want to be a team that's more effective up front. We want to be a physical team up front. We want to dictate terms. The Ravens, for lack of better verbiage, have kicked the Dolphins' ass every time they've played the Dolphins because Miami has just been soft up front on both sides of the line of scrimmage. That's not the Ravens. You know, you, you think about Baltimore Ravens football, it starts up front. And you saw even when Lamar Jackson came in this past year for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, they got after you up front on the ground and in the ground game. And you, and you really saw that ground game open up because instead of playing three yards in a cloud of dust style football, suddenly you have Lamar Jackson's speed as a compliment. So big litmus test for the Baltimore Ravens or for the Miami Dolphins facing the Baltimore Ravens week one. Here's what the Dolphins have to their advantage. They play three September games in Miami And right now, all three are scheduled as 1 p.m. kickoff times. Huge home field advantage for Miami. I don't think that can be understated. 
because these teams are going to come down. Listen, I understand it's hot in Baltimore. I understand it's hot in Boston in August. It's hot everywhere in this country, almost everywhere in this country in August. But it's not South Florida hot. And Miami wears those whites for a reason, so that they make teams come into this stadium and wear colored uniforms, and Baltimore is going to wear purple, dark purple. The Patriots, who they play week two, are going to wear navy blue. You're going to retain a lot of extra heat that way, and I think this home field advantage, we had uh, Dolphins stating at the beginning of this week when they were doing their uh, voluntary workouts, and they, they slapped some helmets on and were running around. Um, I believe it was Devon Gotchow said, we're going to be the most conditioned team in the NFL. And if that is true, if, that, if that's really something the Dolphins set out to do, then these September home games, you can see them keep games close late and potentially steal a couple wins. But uh, it's a very looming schedule. They play Ravens Week 1, Patriots Week 2, uh, the Brian Flores uh, reunion with the uh, the New England Patriots. Fortunately, he's on our side of the line of scrimmage. I'd imagine it'll be a little weird for Flores with the Patriots there on the same field in which you know the, the gaff that they have that allowed the Miami miracle to happen. Uh, it, it was really weird. I was on social media the day that they released the schedules. I believe it was Wednesday. And uh, there's games that are leaking throughout the course of the day. And when it was leaked that the Dolphins and Patriots were playing week two in Miami, and you're reading the comments from Patriots fans, and they say, well, at least we'll get that loss in Miami out of the way early this year. How freaking awesome is that? You know, for a team like Miami who doesn't have a lot to hang their hat on versus a team like New England who has dominated the space – the league, as a dynasty for two decades now, won their first Super Bowl in 2001. It's 2020, 19 years of this crap. But the Patriots fans are already, I'm sure half-heartedly, but also it's kind of there in the back of your head a little bit. They struggle in Miami, and they got to play a 1 o'clock game in September, on September 15th, against the Dolphins. Something to keep in mind. Dolphins hit the road for the first time. Week three, they go to Dallas. Dallas, who was a very tough out in the playoffs last year. They gave the Rams fits. uh, Everything that they could handle. Uh, The Cowboys are a game that, again, another litmus test. How do you hold up against the Cowboys' offensive line? Um, I think potentially some, some draft picks here. Could help fortify this team up front. Dolphins do not have an, a presence on the edge of note at all. Right now, I think J. Ron Elliott is our greatest hope. I, I was not a proponent of Charles Harris coming out. I don't think a flip from an odd front or even front to an odd front and getting Charles Harris at stand-up outside linebacker, I don't think it's going to help Charles Harris that much. I just didn't think he had a very good natural feel for the game, unfortunately. So, um If the Dolphins invest in the defensive line early, this will be a test for them, a really good test, because this Cowboys offensive line is super physical. Uh, The Robert Quinn revenge game, Robert Quinn got traded for for peanuts, but uh, we traded Robert Quinn for something, and Miami didn't have to pay any 
extra off of that contract other than uh, the, I believe it was a $1.1 million roster bonus that they gave him uh, five days into the start of the league year. So some storylines there, but generally speaking, Cowboys tough out on the road, not too ambitious about that game. And then the last game before the bye, uh, Lewis Sung, who, who does writing for us at the Dolphins Wire, picked this game out, and I agree with him 100%. If I were to look at the Dolphins schedule and pick out a game that was likely for the Dolphins to have an upset, it'd be home against the Chargers. Lewis did research. The Chargers have not won in Miami since 1982. I was negative seven the last time the Chargers won in Miami. Again, this is a one o'clock kickoff September for a Chargers team that has to come across the country. So their internal clocks are going to be off by three hours. Uh, there's a lot of favorable conditions for the Dolphins to potentially steal a home win there. Um, but if if you told me right now the Dolphins are 2-2 two and two going into the bye week on week 5, I'd say they did a phenomenal job because it's a murderer's row of early teams, even with the home slate. The bye week 5. And then we've got a stretch... Uh, in October, three games in October, we play the Redskins at home week six, at Buffalo Bills week seven, and then Monday night football at Pittsburgh against the Steelers week eight. Um, you know, I, I look at this group. This is certainly a more winnable stack of games for the Dolphins. Uh, Washington is a team that lost... Preston Smith in free agency. Not a huge loss, but a notable loss. He would have been a player I would have loved to see Miami target. He ultimately went to Green Bay. Uh, Their quarterback situation is Colt McCoy and Case Keenum. We'll see what they do next week. If they get aggressive, they want to go get Dwayne Haskins, take advantage of him on a rookie contract. Um, They've obviously got a ton of money wrapped up in Alex Smith, and we don't know if Alex is ever going to play again. So unfortunate set of circumstances there for the Redskins, and it's really kind of tied their hands as they look to move forward. Uh, The Week 7 game against Buffalo, uh, I'm looking forward to most specifically to see how Josh Allen plays against the Dolphins. Josh Allen feasted against the Dolphins last year, and the Dolphins were essentially running around with a third-string defense. So Minka Fitzpatrick was on the field, yes. Rashad Jones was on the field, yes. But the corner situation was abysmal. Um, the linebacker situation, Kiko Alonso was lost trying to tackle this dude in space. No push on the inside. And Josh just outweighed the pass rush and allowed guys to uncover and get open. So um, I want to see if Josh Allen is going to continue that trend and feast against the Dolphins. Uh, the way that he did, especially in the uh, the second game that they played to close the season, uh, which things got pretty ugly. But he's the kind of quarterback that has traditionally given Dolphins fits. Guys that are hard to bring down, mobile, likes to push the ball down the field. That combination against Miami has traditionally, it's like Miami trying to cover tight ends, right? Like they just never do it for whatever reason. So a uh, couple big tests for Brian Flores. Now, the Patriots had a ton of success against Josh Allen. So I think we'll see 
the potential for some coaching ramifications with Flores on staff against a quarterback like Josh Allen, who for all of his physical tools is a little limited in that there's some erratic play, some questionable decision-making, really kind of struggles when you force him to read the full field, um, but you collapse around him and get in his face. The Dolphins just ultimately that that was their Achilles heel. Both times they played the Bills, they just they couldn't get any push, no push at all. And then the primetime game. They're playing the Steelers on Monday Night Football in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I think, is a team that is primed for a rude awakening this year. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, another year older. All of the drama that's been revolving around Antonio Brown, who is now in Oakland, uh, he's out of there, which is good for Pittsburgh. But at the same time, there's so much behind the scenes there in Pittsburgh that just really makes you wonder, is this going to be a year that that gets away from the Steelers? Do they really get off the rails? Um, there's some troubling potential. And then obviously they, they, they played last year without Le'Veon Bell, and they were fine last year without Le'Veon Bell. So I'm not going to write that off as a big loss for Pittsburgh because James Conner was fine. But I do think Pittsburgh's got questions at linebacker, at corner, they lost Antonio Brown. There's some team chemistry concerns there, and I, I don't think just getting rid of Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown is going to resolve those issues. I think there's more under the surface there. So Pittsburgh's an interesting game, one to watch that I think is at least, you know, you look at it at first and you say, oh, we're going to lose that game. And they probably will. But at the same time, I, I think there is some potential for the Steelers to be a team that really struggles throughout the course of 2019. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you guys about today's sponsor. At Blue Wire, we don't just partner with any advertiser. We want to make sure we're giving our listeners a good deal on a good product. And that's exactly what we love doing business with Harry's. Harry's is giving Blue Wire listeners a shaving kit for just $3. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire and you'll save $10 on a trial set. This trial set includes a five-blade razor, with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. If you're not familiar with Harry's, it's time you should be. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a clean, simple design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. The founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpaid and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Make sure you go to harrys.com and redeem your razor for just $3. Moving on to the November schedule for the Miami Dolphins. Jets, Colts, Bills, Browns. This one didn't get a whole lot better either. Uh, the Jets is probably Jets and Bills at home are two games that are winnable. Uh, the Dolphins had a ton of success against the New York Jets with Adam Gase here at the helm. Not totally sure that dominance will continue, but at the same time, the Jets really haven't made any upgrades to the wide receiver position that I think are like huge game changers for them. 
They've brought in bodies, but obviously the big addition that they had was signing Le'Veon Bell. Um, I don't know how Adam Gase is going to deal with these personalities in New York. Um, he did, wasn't apparent, apparently was not super enamored with Sam Darnold entering the 2018 NFL draft. That's why the Dolphins weren't interested in getting in on that market. He now has him as his quarterback in New York. Uh, the guy got rid of Jay Ajayi and Jarvis Landry because they were too loud of personalities. And then you, as New York, sign a guy in Le'Veon Bell who willingly sat out an entire season to get himself paid. And then once he, he was ready to announce where he signed, he dropped a rap album. I don't think Adam Gase is going to take kindly to that kind of personality. I'm sorry. I just don't, I don't think he's going to jive with it. Gase likes guys that are, are his way. They're all business. Their noses are buried in playbooks. You know, Adam Gase, uh, to his credit, crafted several very good offensive game plans throughout the course of his time in Miami. But with that said, he was handcuffed by his own stubbornness at times. He was handcuffed by personnel at other times. Don't get me wrong. Make no mistake about it. There there were times in which the offensive line really hindered anything that Adam Gase could do. But at the same time, it was Adam Gase who thought that interior offensive line was not important because they didn't have a good one when he had Peyton Manning. Um, yeah. So uh, I think Adam Gase has a lot of learning to do from his time as the coach of the Dolphins. And um, looking forward to seeing how this experiment with the Jets goes because Gase was their third option. It's not even like the Jets were married to Gase and they they were all about signing Adam Gase. They got spurned by uh, Mike McCarthy because the the Jets wanted to pick his his staff. And then they got spurned by Matt Rule, the head coach at Baylor. Baylor. And he said, no, I'm not going to the pros because I don't want you picking my staff for me. And Adam Gase and Greg Williams is just going to be too good to be true. I mean, they're going to kill each other at some point (laughs) next year. So I think the Jets, for all of the the likable moves that they've made and and the position that they're in, I like their position as a franchise. And I'm sorry, but I like their uniforms too. I'm not buying in on the Jets because I think the dynamics and a lot of the issues that hindered the Dolphins as far as – communication, being on the same page, um, coaching versus scheming. I think those things will still exist in New York for Adam Gase. The Colts, I'm writing the Colts off as a loss. I don't care who the Dolphins draft. Uh, Unless Andrew Luck gets hurt, Colts game will be a loss. Colts are a team that is very strongly pushing in the right direction. Getting Andrew Luck back was everything for that football team. Obviously, you saw that. And then they did what I think the Dolphins should take some inspiration from. They don't have the draft capital that the Dolphins have or because they traded back from three to six with the Jets when the Jets traded up for Sam Darnold. But the Colts took Quentin Nelson at six, and then they took Braden Smith in the second round, and both of those were hits, and it totally transformed their offensive line. I know this team needs pass rush. Okay, I want, I want to get that out of the way right now. But if you told me that this team, with their first two picks, drafted Jonah Williams and Dalton Reisner from Kansas State, that we're not going to have a totally different experience as far as Miami running the football, 
exploding off the line of scrimmage, jacking guys up. You can play either Reisner or Jonah Williams at either guard or tackle. Jonah Williams has experience on both left tackle and right tackle. Dalton Reisner played right tackle. So you get so much positional flexibility to kind of mix and match these guys. And I really think it would be a massive, massive upgrade for the Miami Dolphins and really help them you know, kind of settle in an identity on this line of scrimmage that has been a problem for so freaking long. They've just struggled with, with blocking people, and it's derailed seasons for Miami, going back to the Joe Philbin era. And the opportunity to get that right, and I think this is a great class to do it. The problem is you're just going to have to make concessions on the pass rush. Bills, week 11. Browns, week 12. Um, there's some combustible components to the Cleveland Browns, but by and large, this is one of the most talented teams in the league. And I was a huge fan of Baker Mayfield going into last year and, uh, came out and, and set the rookie touchdown record for a single season. And then for, as a quarterback and, uh, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, uh, Nick Chubb, they signed Kareem Hunt, uh, who will serve a suspension, but, and then they traded for Olivier Vernon to play opposite of, of Miles Garrett. The Browns are a scary unit. And I like that they retained Freddie Kitchens because they clearly had some chemistry there. They had something working there between Freddie Kitchens and, and Baker Mayfield. And that continuity, interestingly enough, they're familiar with each other. But because he's a new head coach, the Browns got to stop their, start their offseason process early. So Browns have a lot playing in their, their favor. It's in Cleveland. Uh, 11-24 is the date of that game, Week 12. Don't hold your breath. I don't think you're beating the Browns this year. Uh, November, the December schedule is busy. We got five games in December. Home against the Eagles in New York. In New York again against the Giants. 12-22, week 16, home against the Bengals is their uh, home finale. And then in New England, week 17. Just give the, the Patriots a sacrificial lamb while you're at it, right? Of course, we got to play in New England after Christmas when the Patriots are probably going to be 12-3, and three, ready to wrap it up. Maybe they sit their guys. Maybe the Dolphins get a cheapy win. But that last three-game stretch is very important for the Dolphins if they're going to perform at the level that people are expecting them to. The Dolphins are a team that's expected to win less than five, five or less football games in 2019. If that's the case, you got to look really closely at, at New York Giants, home versus Bengals, at New England Patriots. If the Patriots are ready to wrap it up and they sit everybody, it's a winnable football game. The Cincinnati Bengals, I think, are a bigger threat to the Miami Dolphins and getting a quarterback in 2020 than what the New York Giants are. Interestingly enough, the Giants appear to be primed to take a quarterback in the first round. Ian Rappaport reported yesterday on Thursday that several sources around the league expect the Giants to take a quarterback at six. Good. I hope they do. And I hope the Bengals get to draft one, too. Let's get as many potential landmines of teams that are going to suck this year out of the way. We don't want to have to compete with these teams when it comes down to drafting a quarterback. I'm not proposing that we go 12 and or 14 or 2 and 14. I'm not saying that at all. 
But I do think it's beneficial if you win five games and then all of a sudden the Giants go 3-13, and 13, but they drafted Daniel Jones with the sixth overall pick. They're not giving up on Daniel Jones because they're going to start with Eli Manning at the beginning of the year. What you're seeing the Arizona Cardinals do right now, where they traded up, they drafted Josh Rosen at 10, and then a year later they're presumably, presumably, giving up on Josh Rosen to draft Kyler Murray is unheard of. You've, you, you never see that. You never see such a quick turnaround. So if the, the Giants were able to secure Daniel Jones and Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins slides to 11 and the Bengals take that quarterback at 11, that's a win for the Dolphins because I think those two teams are looming very large. And then, of course, the Arizona Cardinals are also up there as well. But they'll have invested two quarterbacks two top 10 picks and two different quarterbacks in consecutive years. So I think you look at this landscape for Miami and games like Giants, Bengals, and Patriots, and obviously whether you win or lose those games is going to go a long way in deciding where you fall versus those teams in the draft order. But you have the potential to see several major hurdles for the Miami Dolphins and their ability to secure a quarterback early in 2020, whether it's Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert. Those are the only two guys that I'm in on right now or not. And at Giants, home against Bengals, those two games have the potential to define whether or not the Dolphins are going to have to give up an additional first-round pick to get their quarterback or if they don't have to get give up anything for their their quarterback. So in a perfect world, you would love to see the Dolphins go 4-12, and 5-11, and 11, and get the first overall pick. Because if you don't have a quarterback, you don't want to root for this team to go 10-6. and six. I'm sorry, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't think you do. I'd love to see them be super competitive. I'd love to see them steal a few games they don't have any business winning because they play hard. But I'm not advocating for 2-14. and 14. I'm also not advocating for 10 and 6. If they go out and they go 10 and 6, then you're going to have your work cut out for you. I think you're going to have to trade twice. That seems to be the proven model for teams that overachieve or teams like uh, the Philadelphia Eagles when they, they got Carson Wentz. They traded up twice. The Buffalo Bills when they traded up to get Josh Allen. They were a team that was originally picking, they had two picks in the 20s. They took Cordy Glenn and one of those first-round picks, and they traded up. And then they traded up again from the, the teens to seven overall to draft Josh Allen. And the Bills feel good about Josh Allen. Time will tell whether or not he is the, the actual long-term answer there. I know there's some, some questions there, but um, there's always going to be a pathway. But I, I got to be honest with you. I look at this roster. I don't see ten wins. I don't. I don't see six wins right now. We need some answers. We need to see how the draft plays out to see the direction the Dolphins choose to go. But ultimately, this is a challenging schedule. I'm surprised. Just looking at the uh, the strengths of schedule entering the year that the Dolphins have a top half of the league in terms of ease of schedule. This is a very challenging schedule. They play the the favorable three games out of four at home to start the season against all good teams. The the Ravens, Patriots, and Chargers all made the playoffs last year. 
Um, they've got three cold weather games in December at Jets, at Giants, at Patriots. Uh, Browns and Eagles. It's tough. It is a very, very challenging slate for the Miami Dolphins. Make sure you come back next week. We're going to do Fin It to Win It before the draft. We'll probably post it on Thursday for or Thursday or Wednesday for episode eight and talk about some of the, the draft-specific items of interest for the Miami Dolphins. Hopefully we'll get a little bit of a better vibe on exactly what the situation is. Hope to narrow the field and get an idea. Are we looking pass rush? Chris Grew said he thought there were five elite defensive line talents. Could one of those guys slide to Miami? There's some questions about Montez Sweat's uh, medicals. He had a, a heart condition that apparently several teams have flagged him and removed him from their draft board completely so he could be a player that slides. Do we see the four quarterbacks go in the top 12? And if so, you're going to see some skilled players drop down the, the board to the Dolphins. So lots of storylines to look into. We're going to do that before the draft next week. And then at the end of the weekend next weekend, I'm hoping to release episode nine and recap the draft class for the Miami Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs, your host here at Fin It to Win It. And I'd like to thank you guys for carving some time out of your day, stopping by to listen. Make sure you hit subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, uh, iTunes, whatever podcast mediums you typically listen to podcasts on. We're trying to make ourselves available for you there. Uh, This is going to do it for episode seven of Fin It to Win It. Thanks as always for listening. We'll talk to you guys again soon.